This is Lou Dobbs Sunday. Best of on 77 WABC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of Lou Dobbs Sunday, where we always talk with newsmakers, lawmakers, and earthshakers. Joining us today, Congressman Corey Mills, investigative reporter Julie Kelly, and Just the News founder John Solomon. Let's turn first to Congressman Corey Mills, who in his spare time, his time away from Capitol Hill, rescued almost 200 Americans from Gaza on his time and on his dime. Corey, thank you for all you're doing for the country, both on Capitol Hill and the Middle East. Let's turn to your day job. What do you make of our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson? Well, I think that Mike Johnson is uh, doing an amazing job. Uh, I was very confident that he was going to. This is a guy who uh, very constitutionally principled, uh, faith-based, uh, a lot of integrity, honor, uh, humbleness, and humility. The things that you would expect of someone who really wants to return power back to the people. You know, this is a guy who really wants a member-driven, decentralized House of Representatives. And not only this, but to go to his integrity when myself and other members came to him and said, look, you know, when Speaker McCarthy was elected in, he had promised to release these J6 tapes and we still haven't seen them. What is your intent? He said, I'm going to release these tapes. And he's now done that. And they'll continue to come out on the website that's provided to every American citizen. The, the other thing that you're starting to see is where he's not about cheap talk, you know, when it comes to these impeachment hearings or going forward with the proper investigations. And so he's already signed off on the subpoenas that went out to Jim Biden, Hunter Biden, and even one of their associates. And so, again, I I can't uh, speak more highly uh, about Speaker Johnson. And I'll tell you that this is very telling for me, Lou, that whenever the media tried to go after him, and their only ridicule is that he lives the same way as every other middle-class citizen lives. That he doesn't buy and own and trade stocks, nor should anyone, in my opinion, who are in office. That's why I support things like the Stock Act that would ban this. Mm-hmm. But furthermore, he doesn't have some big coffer of finances, which tells me, and oh, hold your breath, Lou, he's not bought and paid for by these packs and lobbyists. He actually is there serving the American people, which is exactly what we've been wanting. So uh, America First Agenda, strong supporter of President Trump, as you know, he was one of his lawyers during the impeachment hearings, um, ardent defender of freedom. And so I, I couldn't be happier uh, with Speaker Johnson taking the helm. Well, you and me both, and, I, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that uh, you're exactly right, and that he has, he has stepped forward and created a new energy in the 118th Congress. The sad thing to me is that it had to be done, uh, that a speaker for 10 months uh, held the conference hostage uh, and did not proceed uh, with the America First agenda that he should have been. Uh, and then he's walking around like he is uh, some sort of hurt puppy, uh, being mendacious, uh, vicious, even retaliatory, uh, trying to punch out uh, Tim Burchett, a uh, congressman from Tennessee, uh, by a sucker punching him in the back for crying out loud. Uh, this is the ignorance of this man is unbelievable. And I don't understand why the conference doesn't just throw him out now. Well, you know, here's my whole thing. I, I, I wasn't there, um, but I do trust Tim Burchett. He's a, a, a good friend of mine, great man, um, hard worker. And it just comes across very cowardly if that's, in fact, what did take place. You know, his his kind of uh, retort that, oh, no, no, no one saw that. And, oh, ask the guy who's around me. And, and look, I know the hallway 
that goes to HC5 where a conference meets. And, and it's a tight hallway when, when you have all the reporters and such, and I'm not disputing that. But there's also a bit of just, you know, dem- like demeanor and, and, and cordial kind of, you know, way of handling things where you're, hey, excuse me, and you can kind of walk around. Uh, whether it's intentional or not isn't really the point at that stage. But uh, I, I wouldn't put it past anyone. I mean, there, there's still some, some bad blood. Uh, there's some hurt feelings, but you know what? Get over it. You're no longer the speaker. Um, you can complain for whatever reason, but taking these types of potential uh, or, or uh, what's been reported as a cheap shot on Tim Burchett, that, that's not the way to conduct yourself. No, but that's the way that you, uh, you know full well that uh, Kevin McCarthy has conducted himself. He's the only guy I ever knew that went into a, a debt ceiling negotiation and instead of getting the level he wanted, just decided to get rid of the ceiling. I mean, it was just a masterful uh, piece of negotiation. Yeah. I mean, is that not the most absurd and infuriating thing you've ever heard? Uh, it is indeed. I, I, I don't even need to go any further. It's just absolutely infuriating to even hear that nonsense. Well, the, the speakers, you say, letting go of those tapes, 44,000 uh, videotapes now uh, out. Uh, they're rolling out right now. I think they're about 90 hours right now available. Uh, but uh, already we know that their law enforcement was undercover, posing as, as oh, yes. Trump supporters. We know for a fact. Well, we saw the one where the guy's actually flashing his bag, you know, right. for a badge. Right. He's sitting there completely masked, flashing his badge. You've got another guy who was uh, handcuffed, and we're getting the details of this, but was carried off into the side uh, alley where you would actually exit the Capitol building and was uncuffed, fist bump, and, you know, out he went. So. Uh, again, you know, it, it's funny that everyone wants to go ahead and claim that we're all conspiracy theorists until we're continually proven true or proven correct in our in our uh, mm-hmm. comments or in our, our observations of things. But, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is, is, was there potential wrongdoing that went on? Sure. Was there potential violence that went on? Sure. But there was a lot of people who, in my opinion, this was all a bit of a pre-orchestrated in some regards um, there was some insider, you know, capabilities that we've now uncovered, and I think that that's the things that the American people deserve to know. You know, who are who are the ones who are truly being held right now in violation of their Sixth Amendment rights, and not being able to uh, approach their accusers or have a fair trial or even know what they're being prosecuted and and, and persecuted for. Who are the real political prisoners here, and why aren't they being released and should have been released a long time ago? People who are losing uh, time with their families, you know, parts of their lives that they can't ever get back. Time is the one asset that we can't purchase. And so, you know, we have to start getting those who are being politically, you know, uh, prosecuted out and free and holding those accountable who's actually utilized to weaponize our government against the American people, which is not what it's for. Our government is to protect the safety, the freedoms, the liberties, the rights of the American people, not to be weaponized against them and put into prison when you have a difference of political views. Yeah. And those political prisoners, uh, every one of them has a right to due process. Everyone has the right to a speedy trial. Everyone should be brought up immediately and charged. That has not happened. And I don't care what they did. That is a denial of the Constitution by the Marxist Dems who people the Department of Justice, who are nothing more than activists and the FBI that's become nothing more than a thugocracy uh, playing, uh, you know, tactical warrior rolling in and arresting people at six in the morning as they bring a battering ram to their front door. I mean, it's disgusting what's going on with this government. 
And we're talking with Congressman Corey Mills, a great American, a great congressman. One of the issues that I've I've got right now with the national left-wing media, the corporate media, whatever you want to call it, uh, is that every day they start afresh as if they didn't know anything the previous day. And the result is that we can't acknowledge what is reality. And the reality is that the the Marxist Dems control the Democrat Party. Uh, there is no way that they are anything more than that. Uh, and 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 it's just uh, incredible to me that people do not comprehend that the Marxist Dems control the entire federal government. Every agency, every department is politically corrupt. It's into the, under the control of the Marxist Dems. Uh, do you doubt what I'm saying at all? Well, not only do I not doubt it and that we've actually seen it, but you just literally had Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, who even admitted that Biden is so far left, he's to the, uh, to quote him, extreme left, and that Manchin will not be seeking his reelection. And I personally think that he may throw his hat in the ring, uh, maybe not because it's a little bit late, but he's, he explained that who he serves and to kind of take, take a play on words, he said, is the extreme middle. Um, so, you know, it's not just you, Lou, or myself, or those who believe in the, the MAGA, you know, uh, America First agenda. This is a Democrat senator from West Virginia who's even saying that Joe Biden has gone and swung to the far extreme left. Mm-hmm. And he he took the whole country with him. I mean, when we look at it, people just look at that southern border and they don't realize, I apparently or will not comprehend or refuse to comprehend that what we have witnessed is a president of the United States, Joe Biden, actually turning over 2000 miles of that border with Mexico, turned it over to the Mexican drug cartels. They now control it on both sides of the border and will corrupt whatever uh, people or institutions are necessary to keep control of that border. And they must every day say, thank you, Joe Biden. What do you think? Well, I can tell you right now that if you went and checked any cartel's headquarters, you would see employee of the month, Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas. Um, These are the individuals who not only watched where in 2018, the cartels were averaging around $500 million a year in revenue, which is a tremendous amount. Don't get me wrong. President Trump was going after that. He had put great policies like Remain in Mexico, was building the wall, um, had already taken an approach to start contacting and working with the Mexican president as well as for others in South and Central America. And meanwhile, fast forward, 2021 under Joe Biden, $13 billion dollars for the cartels in revenue, of which we have to take into account that 40 plus percent is in human and child sex trafficking. Then you have the fentanyl that is killing thousands of Americans a day. I mean, these are the types of things, not to mention, you know, when we look even past that, understanding that the cartels have partnered up with uh, China and and, and others who are actually printing fentanyl in the Darien Gap. Uh, there in Central America, these are mainland Chinese who are in there, and we've seen the drone footage and and have the grids for that. But, you know, they're doing nothing about it. They're not trying to secure our border. You've got people who are crossing 120-plus known terrorists on our watch list who have been caught in our border just in the recent month. How many gataways, as they like to refer to them, is sitting in our country? You know, did we not learn anything from 9-11? Have we not learned anything from October 7th in which just occurred in, in Israel with regards to a terrorist organization known as Hamas. And and the numbers are staggering, Lou, when you think about the fact that of those illegals who have crossed into our border, you've got 6,800 plus Afghans. You've got tens of thousands of Russians. 
You've got Yemeni military-aged males. You have members from 13, 14 different nations, of which many are not friendly to the U.S. who are crossing our borders. It is the number one issue today. If I had to rank it, it's securing our borders, getting fiscal responsibility, and stopping the weaponization of our federal government. Those are my top three priorities if you were to put me in the seat right now. And I can tell you that those are the top three priorities for President Trump as well. I'm actually here in Mar-a-Lago as we have this call. I'm heading to see the boss uh, around 5 o'clock. And, and I can tell you that these are three key issues that he understands, that he identified long ago, and that's why America had a strong and robust economy and energy security was securing our borders and was stopping this weaponization as he was going after them, which is why they started to come after him. So it, the borders are a big issue, Lou, and I think the American people, regardless of what state you live in, they're starting to see it, and I hate to even say it, but even Mayor uh, uh, Adams of New York City, the guy who believed in a sanctuary city, He's now even calling for Joe Biden to secure those borders. So that should tell you something. Well, he's not he's not calling for it as loudly as he was a week ago. Suddenly he's under federal investigation because he started questioning Biden. I wonder why. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's kind of like when you run for office and you have the ability to defeat Joe Biden and all of a sudden you get 30 plus counts and indictments from three different states. You know, you, you you throw a bunch of snakes in a nest, and and somebody's going to get bit. Nick, it was Eric Adams' turn, I guess, this time. Before that, it was uh, Senator Menendez who started questioning his immigration policies. The next thing he knows, he and his wife well, let's are— Let's see what happens to Joe Manchin now that he's calling Joe Biden out. I mean, it, look, you know, the problem is is that uh, the Biden administration, the radical left, if you will, the, the, the Clintons and Obamas of the world, they actually don't play by the rules. And we have to acknowledge that, that they utilize the federal government and they'll utilize uh, other methods and mechanisms and even the mainstream media to indoctrinate poison and spread slanderous lies about those who are true fighters. And, and that doesn't matter what side it's on. If you uncover the truth, they do everything they can to bury it with a lie. Oh, absolutely. And they're the cutest little people, too. And I want to bring up, as we conclude here, the Israel-Hamas war. To me, this is a moment of absolute moral clarity. Uh, Hamas, as Prime Minister Netanyahu says, has to be destroyed in, in Gaza, period. That there will be no ceasefire until the hostages are released, period. And we've got a president saying that he wants a two-state solution. He wants uh, a ceasefire. He wants, uh, you know, all, this is the most ignorant president I've ever seen talking about one of America's greatest allies, our greatest ally, in the Middle East? Well, the bottom line is that I wish that it was just fecklessness or ineptitude, but I think as I go on and the rest of America sees it, this is all intentional in his effort to try and destroy us and weaken us diplomatically with our greatest allies, militarily through his woke agenda, and also economically through his inflationary taxation. And so my whole thing is that I wish and I applaud uh, Benjamin Netanyahu for his resolve, for the fact that he is not backing down and that he will fight for his people to go ahead and eliminate this Iranian-backed proxy militia, Hamas, who is a terrorist organization who committed horrendous and atrocious barbarism on October 7th. And you know what? I wish we had a president like that. Oh, wait a second, Lou. We did have a strong president like that. It was President Trump. It's great of you to take time to be with us. I don't know what uh, the Qataris intend, nor do I understand what Biden does, uh, or at least uh, perhaps per President Obama, whoever's running him, uh, intends. But I do know this. 
uh, that uh, when it comes to uh, Israel's fate, I will be, I'm delighted to have it in the hands of Benjamin Netanyahu and the Israeli government rather than this puppet master. Uh, of, of well, a- and like, like I said, uh, Lou, and sorry to interrupt, but like I said, you know, when I, I got the first rescue of 32 people out the first day, 45 people out the second day from everywhere through the West Banks to Jerusalem, to Haifa, to Nazareth, to Tiberias, you know, I was on the ground actually conducting these rescues. We need to reestablish confidence of the American people that their government won't just leave them behind. And if I have to be that person to go ahead and start spearheading that, then so be it. Well, we are glad you're that person. We thank you for all that you've done. We appreciate it always, Congressman, talking with you. Thanks for all that you've done and will do. Thanks so much for being with us, Congressman Corey Mills. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks to Congressman Corey Mills, a great American. A reminder to join me every day on the Great America Show podcast, carried by all major podcast platforms. We continue now with Lou Dobbs Sunday on 77 WABC. Next up, our guest is investigative reporter Julie Kelly. Stay with us. We're coming right back.